This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. Today, we are talking about, I would say, the the foundation ingredient for almost everything. And Absolutely. that is onions. Yeah. It is my number one favorite ingredient. How about you? I've never really thought about it, but now that you mention it, I mean, yeah. I feel like if there's no onions involved, I am not cooking. My grandmother, and I don't know, does every like Polish immigrant grandmother say this, but she, <laughs> every single one of her recipes started with first you brown an onion. Yes, yes, exactly. I thought mm-hmm. you were going to tell a Polish joke. I wasn't, um, although I could say, oi, such headlights, <laughs> as she said when she saw a woman with large breasts. <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, my grandmother used to say bazoombas. Awesome. Uh, so uh, that uh, Polish word. Um, <laughs> Everybody should have a Polish grandmother. Yes. Um, let's, uh, I, we're, we're working on some merchandise, uh, you may have heard. Um, I, think, I think Polish grandmother is going to be uh, a part of our lineup. Maybe so. <laughs> okay. So there are, uh, when you go to the onion, <laughs> the onion market, um, there are various varieties you can choose from. There's, mm-hmm. you got your yellow onions, your white onions, your red onions, and all sorts of sweet onions. Which, which do you favor? I so my basic onion is a yellow onion. Me too. I feel like I I've almost never purchased white onions, and uh, and I do like a red onion, but I, I just yellow onions are what I tend to keep around. Yeah, they're the most they're the most uh, durable and uh, and the most versatile. I think. Yes, indeed. Indeed. And, um, you know, while I do like sweet onions when they're in season, I find that I kind of use them interchangeably with yellow onions when they're in season. Yeah, I do. I do, too. I feel like, I mean, the, the sweet onions are, are billed as being perfect for, for eating raw. I don't think I'm really into any raw onions, including the sweet onions. What do you think? I am not generally into raw onions. I will taste them for like three days after I've exactly. eaten them. However... However, my dad's friend, Michael, who's a wonderful cook, uh, Michael once made this salad when I was a teenager that was basically just sort of a like a composed salad on a platter. And it was wedges of Vidalia onion 
wedges of really wonderful tomato, I think from his garden and wedges of hard boiled egg with a wonderful Spanish olive oil and some salt. And it was all so simple and so delicious. And that is one of the few times that I have enjoyed raw onions. Okay, I'll buy it. I'll eat it. I, I like raw shallots, and it doesn't seem like that's really very different. So maybe maybe we should explore this further on our shallot episode. Okay, okay. <laughs> you know, to to first brown an onion, you have to first chop an onion, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this stops a lot of people from using onions. I think it does. I, because, well, do you cry? Um, Are you man enough to admit it? <laughs> sometimes, sometimes in the night. <laughs> I, I get up, I sleepwalk to the kitchen, I pull out an onion, and I cry. It's very cathartic. Yes, mm-hmm. I don't remember any of it the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just find this heap of chopped onion in the kitchen, and I know I've been at it again. Um, yeah, I, I do I do cry when I chop onions. Usually, I feel like I have to get kind of a ways into the onion uh, before it really gets me. I don't use any of those tricks that you hear about. Mm-hmm. Do you? I So here's the thing. I've been wearing contact lenses since I was about 17. Oh. And so I don't cry when I chop onions, and I've always attributed it to the contact lenses. I think you're right. Yeah. I mean, occasionally... Yeah, you know, after I've finished chopping and let's say, you know, I'm, I'm washing my hands or something, I'll notice like the way that you kind of smell that freshly chopped onion smell, I'll sort of notice like a, a, a little burn of it at the back of my throat. And I'll think, oh, wow, look at that. Another time when I'm not crying. Do you, uh, do you watch Hallmark commercials while you chop onions? <laughs> Only when I really need to, to work through something, really um, need to get it out. I learned about the contact lenses thing from Cooks Illustrated a few years ago. They did a uh, a test of like what uh, what actually what method actually prevents you from crying when you chop onions, and way at the top of their list was wear contact lenses. I was like, I don't have any. Screw you. Yeah, yeah, no, it it really works. So yeah, I haven't I haven't cried chopping an onion in a long, long, long time. Um, but that said, do you have a particular way you chop yours? I feel like the way I do it is a little bit cheating, and I'll try and explain what I mean, even though trying to uh, describe chopping an onion uh, without visual aids is uh, challenging. Go on. So, okay. So, so I have the onion pole to pole. Okay. Uh, well, I, first, I, so, I chop off a little, a little uh, um, l- slice at the top. Okay. Um, then, uh, then I slice through the root end okay. and cut it in half that way. I put one of those halves cut side down. Okay. I, I peel it. I put it cut side down. And then I do the vertical slices through. Mm-hmm. And then I do the slices across. I don't try to do those slices parallel to the cutting board where you have to hold your oh, hand yeah. on top of the onion yeah. and kind of switch the knife through there. Cut a swash through there, as I yeah, like to say. Yeah, like Zorro. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I don't do that. And it always seems to come out fine. Probably my cuts are not even enough to make a French chef happy. But I'm not in the business of making French chefs happy. I do it exactly the same way you do. Only I do the, uh, the, the horizontal cut. The, uh, you know, the, the one where you put your hand on top of the onion. And steady what do you think you're really getting out of that? I don't think I'm getting much, to tell you the truth. I really don't think it's doing much <laughs> It sort me. of makes the onion fall apart more, too, while you're trying to cut it up. Yeah, I find that I always have, like, this little bit at the end that I'm too scared to keep chopping for fear of losing a finger. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I, like, flip that down the other way and get a little more off it that way. Wow. Um, really that's like the the penny pinching i learned it from my polish grandmother good job good job hey so what about slicing onions because oh good question because i i feel pretty strongly about you know how how i choose to slice my onions 
Okay, if you feel so strongly about it, let's hear it. Okay, so there are two ways of holding the onion, or, you know, two ways of orienting the onion when you slice it. This entire show is going to be us trying to describe things that should not be described. Exactly. So, um, you know, if you look at half a cut onion, and it kind of looks like a rainbow. Do you know oh, what I mean? that's a beautiful way of putting it. Okay. <laughs> I'm starting to tear up. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, if you, so you can slice it. So that what you wind up with are these sort of, you know, big arching half circles, like like a rainbow. Yep. Okay. Or you can turn it and slice it kind of uh, against the rainbow. <laughs> yes. This is, uh, this, this Molly, description is falling Molly, why are, you, why are you against rainbows? <laughs> anyway, and then what you wind up with are um, sort of a, a more gentle kind of crescent. And they cook very differently. I don't know yes, if you've noticed this. I have. If you slice it like you're looking at a rainbow, is this even making sense anymore? Well, it makes sense to me because I slice onions all the time. Okay. So if you slice it rainbow style, <laughs> I find that it, it falls apart a little bit when you're cooking it. When, when, you, when you say slice it rainbow style, you mean it's sort of a flamboyantly gay way. Exactly. Okay, great. Exactly. While wearing your Liberace costume. Awesome. Um, however, if you slice it the other way, the sort of more gentle crescent way, yes. like slicing it, to do it that way, you'd be slicing it from pole to pole. Pole to pole. Okay. Uh, those slices hold up better for cooking. Yeah. And so I prefer that if I'm caramelizing onions and I want to uh, keep them from falling apart into tiny little strands and nubs. Definitely do the pole-to-pole way. You want in on a secret? The same thing is true for fennel. Really? Yep. Wow. I thought you were going to bring in some sort of pole dancing <laughs> joke. I'm really disappointed that you took this to a legitimate... What like, do you take me for? Anyway. <laughs> um, I agree with you, and yet I usually slice it rainbow style. I feel like we should break to Gangnam style. <laughs> rainbow style. Uh <laughs> But I, for some reason, I still like the rainbow method better. And I wonder, well, let's, let's talk about caramelizing onions, because I okay. think this might get into why. Okay. I, I hear you have a rant. I do. Okay. So here's how I caramelize onions. Okay. So tell me if I'm doing this right, okay? Yeah, this is a fiery rant so far. <laughs> <laughs> ah! So um, I make sure that I get plenty of, of fat in the pan. I generally use oil. Mm -hmm. I put it on like medium high, get it nice and hot, put the onions in. I stir them frequently, get them all coated with oil, and I cook them on medium high until they start to soften. Then I hear, turn the heat down to low, and then you kind of really just let it ride, and you got to be patient at this sure. point. And uh, so, so here's part of my rant. Almost every recipe out there says caramelizing onions is going to take between like 10 minutes and 40 minutes. Well, I have almost never caramelized onions and had it take less than an hour. 10 minutes is ridiculous. It's totally um, ridiculous. I, I feel like 40 minutes is within reason. Well, so, okay. So last night, granted, I'm working with a 1950s electric stove, okay, which is... It, has nothing subtle about it. It's either like hot or not hot. Well, also time, the, the linear flow of time was different back In then. In the 50s, that's it just, was. That's just It physics. was, it was. <laughs> anyway, so last night I was trying to caramelize these onions in olive oil and it was taking an age. I mean, I think I caramelized them for like an hour and a half and they were barely light gold. However, if I turned them up even the slightest bit, they started to burn and get papery. Right. So I, anyway... <laughs> Caramelizing onions should be so simple, yet I find it to be one of the more difficult things to do well. Um, next question. In the kitchen. In when, when is the rant going to start? <laughs>
But I also haven't ranted about caramelized onions. I just don't think they're that great. They sound great, but to me, I think quickly browned onions are better in most things. Not French onion soup, obviously. I love a good French onion soup, and you absolutely have to caramelize onions for that. But when it comes down to it, like, you know, if you're going to have a taco, uh, you want to you wanna quickly brown some onions and leave a little crunch to them and put them on the taco. Like, I, I figure everything, the things I eat are, are more on the taco end of the spectrum than the French onion soup end. And so generally... I, uh, I like the quickly browned onions, and I think the rainbow style cut is better for that. Okay, I agree. I agree. I have to also say that um, I have a friend who uh, always manages to produce beautiful caramelized onions, and I happen to know that she adds a teensy bit of sugar while they're cooking. Uh-huh. And I know that that's like cheating or whatever, but it produces a beautiful caramelized onion. I also think that what makes them really nice is at the end to add a little splash of vinegar. I think that's great. Yeah. Um, I, uh, when it comes down to it, I, I think all cooking is cheating. That's probably true. That's I mean, if we, if we were really going to do things the hardcore way, wouldn't we just eat everything raw? We would, we'd be milling stuff left and right. That's true. Uh, we'd be taking stuff down to the, to the um, grist mill and, mm. uh, and saying, would you mill this? Like everything. Okay. Can I just tell you really quick, like how desperate I became last night waiting for these onions to caramelize? Oh, yeah. What did you so do? So Brandon and I were trying to watch an episode of Sherlock before I became so tired that I just needed to like lie down in bed, which usually happens around 10 p.m. every night. Sure. Anyway, I didn't want to step away from the stove for very long. So we brought chairs into our kitchen, which, as, as you know, is very small. It's approximately four feet by four feet. We brought two chairs into the kitchen and put our feet up on the edge of the stove with the computer. Oh, that is so cute. And tried to watch Sherlock with me getting up and stirring the onions every 30 seconds. So it was, it was, it was desperate. The two, the two of you, a pan of steaming onions and Benedict Cumberbatch it on was the kitchen. hot. H-O-T-T. <laughs> um, so, so if I had been in your, in, your, uh, in your dining room, living room area, looking over at your kitchen, I would have seen like just your feet behind a curtain of exactly. steam. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and and heard the dulcet tones of Cumberbatch. Yes. <laughs> I wish I could have been there. It sounds great. Is there any... Oh, we should talk we about should what, talk we, about made what today. we made today. Yes. Yeah, let's talk about what we made. Actually, both both recipes featuring caramelized onions, even after after we both just dissed caramelized onions. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll go first. Go I made first. Um, I made supper onion pie uh, from, uh, once again, Nigella Lawson. It is a recipe from her book, uh, How to, I must say, How to Cook a Domestic Goddess. <laughs> Delicious. Uh, how, to, how to be a domestic, I think I was thinking of How to Cook a Wolf. Uh, how to be a domestic goddess. Uh, and uh, it is uh, one of the savory recipes in that mostly sweet book. Um, and you caramelize a bunch of red onions. I've also made it with yellow onions and it was good. Uh, you leave them in the cast iron skillet. You put, you make a uh, sort of scone, cheesy scone dough, form it into a disc and stick it on top of the onions and then slide it in the oven and bake it until the scone is brown and cooked. You flip it out so the onions are on top and you eat it. It is delicious. It's really delicious. And I am very jealous of how caramelized your onions are because I have a feeling they probably took a fraction of the time mine did and they're so much darker and more lovely than mine are. 30 minutes. I hate you. I made a recipe that I found in the New York Times about 10 years ago. It's from the chef Andre Soltner. From Lutes. Exactly. And it's an Alsatian onion tart. Um, from what I remember about the article, I think he talked about growing up in Alsace and, you know, eating this tart. It's very simple. Basically, you caramelize some onions. Um, 
You make a, a little custard with cream and egg, uh, salt and pepper, and a little bit of nutmeg. So it's sort of like a quiche, but not as thick. Exactly. Okay. It's, it's much thinner than a quiche. Um, anyway, and you pour that into a tart crust. Um, anyway, and you bake it. And uh, yeah, it's, it's very buttery and, uh, and quite oniony, as you can imagine. And uh, now I am really feeling sad about my not very well caramelized onions. It was still very delicious. I'm going to kill myself. Now. The, uh, the crust was excellent. It's not, it's not, we should say, a tart flambe. It is not. It is, we should have done like great... a flammenkuche, or however you say oh, it. Too. What is that? I, I know I've heard the word, but I don't know what it is. Isn't that like a... I bet like tart flambe, it's, it's not on fire. I think it's like tart flambe, only I've always thought of it as having... Shit, maybe we should cut this part. <laughs> I, I feel like it's got like a, a, a little bit of a custard thing going on. Uh, is it is it related to sauerbraten? Um, <laughs> Hold on, okay, what's yeah. the what's the the one from Nice that's got an anchovy and some oh, olives? Oh, oh, is that like uh, a pisaladier? Yes. Okay, we also could have made pisaladier. Yeah, that's good too. Lots wow. of lots of good all onion the opportunities stuff we've from missed. Europe. God. Wow. Um, no, but that's that's the thing about onions. That's the point of this episode. If we went on talking about everything that's good that has onions in it, we would list off every dish made in the world. I really think almost everything can be improved with onions. Absolutely. Okay, so find us online at spilledmilkpodcast.com where you'll find our recipes for supper onion pie and caramelized onion tart. Uh, find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash spilledmilkpodcast. You can also find us on iTunes. You can leave us a review. And until next time, uh, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk, the show that'll uh, caramelize you slowly for over an hour and bring a tear to your eye. Okay. I'm Molly Weisenberg. <laughs> and I'm Matthew Amsterburton. Is there any way to get rid of onion breath? I don't think so, because I think it comes from within. <laughs> <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.